Hello and welcome to DairyPod. I'm John Penry from Dairy Australia. The annual Milk Quality Award winners have been announced again this year, and so it is a good time to reflect on what it takes to achieve milk quality consistency over time and, of course, celebrate the success of hundreds of winners across Australia, some of whom are receiving an award for the first time. So, what does it take to achieve a high level of milk quality? In this episode, Kristen Davis, Regional Extension Officer at Gibbs Dairy, and dairy consultant Dr Mark Humphreys discuss some of the changes dairy farmers James and Luke from the McAllister Irrigation District in Gippsland, in addition to Darren and Tracy from Bega, New South Wales, took to reduce their bulk milk cell count through effective mastitis management principles within their herds. The discussion covers some practical changes that were made on farm, along with the programs and resources available to help dairy farmers improve both dairy hygiene and milk quality including the redeveloped Cups On, Cups Off, now called the Milking and Mastitis Management Program. Hello and welcome to this episode of Dairy Pod. I'm Kristen Davis, a Regional Extension Officer at Dairy Australia, based in Gippsland. On today's episode, we're going to focus on mastitis and milk quality by first meeting some farmers who have won a Gold Dairy Australia Milk Quality Award followed by talking to some individuals involved in the redevelopment of our milk quality training and delivery, forming the new program Milking and Mastitis Management, or MMM, which will soon replace the current Cups On, Cups Off course. Firstly, I'd like to start by introducing those in the room with me today. I'll pass over to you, Mark, for the first introduction. Hi, I'm Mark Humphreys. Um, I'm here today to talk about some of the changes to the Cups On, Cups Off course that, as Kristen said, is now uh, Milking and Mastitis Management. I've been involved um, with milk quality for a number of years um, and with the Count- Dairy Australia's Countdown program and excited to, to join um, Kristen and some farmers and um, uh, some, someone re- representing Saputo today as well. We'll now pass over to you, Joel. Yeah, my name is Joel Dutton. I'm a uh, field officer with uh, Saputo, uh, based in Langatha. And um, yeah, I've um, been a, a strong supporter of the um, Cups On, Cups Off courses and participated in the Countdown MQ course, which is magnificent. And also um, with the development of the of the milking mastitis management course there, a little bit of um, input into there and bringing milk quality in is a magnificent bonus for um, for my, my role. Thank you very much, Joel. We'll now pass over to Darren. Hi, I'm Darren Wallace. I'm a lease dairy farmer in the Bega Valley in New South Wales. We milk 350 cows and, um, yeah. Thank you, Darren. Now over to uh, James and Luke. G'day, I'm James Klein, a uh, dairy farmer in Newry, uh, which is in the McAllister Irrigation District. Uh, milk 1,050 cows in a split calving system. Uh, I'm Luke Randall. I'm James's farm manager here at Leithorn Dairies. Thank you very much, James and Luke. Now to shed some light on the Dairy Australia Milk Quality Awards, which have been running since 2002. Some of our listeners will have received them and know about them. 
For those of you that don't, an annual award that aims to celebrate and bring industry recognition to the highest milk quality producers during that financial year. A gold milk quality award is given to the top 100 farms in Australia, while a silver award recognises farms in the top 5% for their annual average bulk milk cell count. So over to you, James and Luke. Tell us a little bit about your farm and your milk quality journey. Yeah, so uh, I've been uh, managing this farm for six years now. Uh, Took over ownership two years ago. Uh, We started with a a good cell count uh, from the previous manager of about 115 to 130, somewhere around there. Um, As time went on with me managing, I've been trying to build the herd from about 650 cows, aiming for 1,200. Uh, In the process of that, our cell count crept up to about 140 uh, average for the month. Um, at that stage, and, and this is milking in a in a rotary dairy, one man shed with a, a teat wand teat sprayer. So that's probably only about really 70 to 80 percent effective uh, on the cows. Um, at that time, uh, I attended. Oh, well, I employed Luke in in August of 2020. And uh, he'd already been a part of, of this uh, course with uh, Mark Humphreys. And they took me along to, to someone. We had a look at their farm and Mark showed us how cows can be at, you know, like we look at cows that are cell count problems now being millionaires. And he went through the herd test data and showed how last year they were you know, 700 to a millionaires. And the year before, they were 250 to half a million cell count. And, you know, we're going, well, how do we fix our cell count problem? And, and all we focus on is the cows that are bad at the time. But we're not realising that we can, you know, we're making this group two, we're making group three. And so at that stage, I said to Luke, well, we have a good cell count, but obviously we're still getting mastitis. So we need to to look at cell count even harder. And I gave Luke pretty much free reign as to as to what we could do to fix that. And uh, since then, I'll get Luke to to say what we've done. But since then, um, for the rest of the year, our cell count was 110. And then for the year that we won the award, our average cell count was 78, with a lowest of 55 for the month and a highest of 93, um, which we, yeah, we're absolutely stoked with the results and, and we can show that the mastitis incidence rates have dropped because um, as a part of it, we got a, a masterplex system for helping identify what was the cause of the mastitis. We put about 201 samples through that in that time. The first month, I think we put through 22 cows, which happened to be October two years ago. In the first eight months, we put uh, 14 cows in a month. For the last seven months, we've put five cows a month in. And this October, I think we've put four. So it's it's showing our lower mastitis, uh, lowest bulk milk cell count has translated to lower instances of mastitis in a herd. 
Um, so this year you were fortunate enough to win a gold milk quality award and it's the first time that you've ever won a Dairy Australia Milk Quality Award. Luke, do you just want to shed some light on what the elements have been in um, progressing you to such a change in your milk quality? Uh, yeah, so as James mentioned, we purchased the Masterplex just to help us make some smarter decisions around what sort of mastitis we were dealing with. Uh, we had a really good look at what cows were constant problems in the herd and made some decisions around culling of them. I had some previous uh, interests in antibiotic use around draft and those sort of things. So we uh, put in uh, a pretty tough system of selectively dry cowing uh, yeah, which cows got antibiotics and which ones only got teat seal. Um, we uh, improved our hygiene uh, around dry off uh, dramatically from what we'd been do- from what James had been doing in the past, uh, just to try and get better results with obviously using only teat seal on a pretty large proportion of the herd. Um, we also switched up a few things with hygiene around finding mastitis cows. So people are cleaning their hands between stripping cows and those sort of things if they find a cow in the herd. Uh, We need to contribute some milk from the farm to feeding calves. So we have made some decisions around which cows feed calves. So we've got some cows that go straight to or who are marked as calf milk cows, so they're milked separately uh, to reduce the risk of spreading mastitis throughout the herd um, if we decide we want to keep those cows until dry off. So they'll just uh, contribute to feeding calves. Um, I think they were probably the most uh, significant things that we've, yeah. You also started teat sealing the heifers yourself. Oh, yeah, I I took over the teat sealing of the heifers and we do that in the tipping crush. Um, So we do about the 150 heifers over three or four days. Um, Yeah, and I do that all myself with James tipping the heifers over and I'm doing the sealant. So I'm not touching, so it's all pretty hygienic where, uh, I'm staying clean and not touching anything. And James is doing all the um, dirty jobs. Great, thanks, Luke. I'll pass over to you, Mark. Luke, um, as someone that's sort of seen you in different management roles and developed within the industry, um, I just wanted to ask, um, you know, what what's been really important for you in developing your own management, and therefore. Um, then flowing on to how you can support um, more junior staff uh, at Leithorn. Yeah, well, I found um, courses like Cups on Cups Off. I think I've done that four times now uh, because I have such a strong interest in the hygiene around milking and uh, the use of antibiotics and those sort of things. Uh, so I've encouraged, I think most people we employ now have done the Cups on Cups Off course in the different forms that it's been in. Uh, a couple of people have done it multiple times. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty strict on the hygiene and stuff in the dairy and around how we're um, cleaning up between finding cases of mastitis and especially at dry off, how we're um, all staying relatively clean and changing gloves and using soapy water and stuff to clean up between cows and alcohol and those sort of things. Mm-hmm. No, it's um, also from, from my observations, Luke, um, it's a, I'd love to sort of know more about how you foster responsibility and accountability in, in other staff. It's something that's really hard to do, but, but I certainly have observed how you can do that and um, whether you can share, you know, some insights with our listeners um, about 
about fostering accountability, you know, around the shed and things like that? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. It was a challenge, especially I think one of the biggest challenges I found was the, um, using like cleaning of gloves and stuff during milking. But uh, if you strip the cow to then clean up, like I found a lot of people were just, oh, like, why are we doing that? We've never had to do that in the past. What difference is it going to make? But I think that's probably been one of the huge drivers in just um, getting people to do that. And then I, I've even been pulled up at times where I'll strip a cow and I, you know, step to the next cow saying something, someone will be, oh, Luke. You know, you've got to do that. So it was just the constant repetitiveness of me asking people, oh, can you please um, make sure you clean your hands between cows and can you please, like, you know, just uh, improving the standard, like the base standard of hygiene in the dairy, which I think just came through just continually asking people to do things. And then they saw value in it as they did it more and more. So it just sort of became habit. And once you get a bulk of the staff, I think, into a habit of doing things, it becomes sort of a cultural thing where everybody's, um interest like everybody has an interest in doing things to a certain uh, higher standard than what they had been in the past yeah they will call us out yeah. or each other out yeah. more than we will now which is what i said to people like i kind of enabled people to be like if you see somebody not doing something to the standard that we want to do things here on this farm like you as part of a team member have a position like you have an obligation to ask somebody to do a better job at what they're doing Thanks, Luke. Uh, you know, it's a real credit to both of you for what you've achieved um, in, in that large herd. Um, and I think um, from my understanding is the, you know, you don't, uh, whilst you don't herd test, you do use um, an automated uh, cell sense sort of technology um, to trace, uh, to track sort of those subclinical cows. Um, do you think that sort of, you've been able to optimise the use of that uh, to, 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 to good outcomes? Yeah, so we've we've installed a cell sense system um, when I first uh, started managing in 2016. It has eight units in a 50-unit rotary. That means that over the course of a month, a cow will have been cell counted at least, uh, you know, five to ten times a month. So instead of herd testing where we were only doing it once every six weeks, I'd have eight, maybe maybe six to eight cell counts for a cow for a year to determine whether she's, you know, a problem cow. Now some cows have as many as 50 to 100 cell counts over the course of a lactation. And so now I can really see if, if they're, they're a high flyer or if they've just had a, an incidence and then have, have recovered from that. Great. Thank you very much, both James and Luke. Um, once again, congratulations on winning your Gold Milk Quality Award um, and all the very best for the season ahead. While we're on this topic of milk quality, we wanted to take some time to investigate and look at the new redeveloped um, Cups on Cups Off program, which is now being called Milking and Mastitis Management. Dairy Australia's Cups on Cups Off course has continued to be one of the most popular training programs in our Dairy Australia portfolio. Mark, you pay, played a pivotal role in the redevelopment of this program. Can you go through what sort of prompted these changes and the redevelopment? Yes, um, thanks, Kristen. Yeah, I think um, the Cups on Cups Off course had been in play since 2005, and I suppose a few things have changed in the operating environment um, since that time, 17 years ago. And to sort of um, remain sort of current, um, 
you know, there, there, there was a need um, that was uh, sort of identified by different stakeholder groups. There were um, registered training organisations, um, certainly farmers, um, other facilitators of COCO. So these are guys that have actually, you know, facilitated these courses for a long time and they've sort of, they've seen changes in the audience and the farmers that are attending, the um, you know, junior staff managers and owners that are attending. Um, and so what, what we've done with Cups On, Cups Off course is um, brought in more, um, more, more uh, discussion around stockmanship and in that, it's actually, you know, it's points towards more efficient uh, milking routines. So working with the cattle to actually achieve what you want, um, as well as uh, good milk quality. So there's certainly more stockmanship about cow behaviour and cow movement. There's also a focus on dairy hygiene, so improving the plant washing. Now, while some farms um, have, have automated systems, there are still a number of checks that we have to make um, and we know that at the moment, bulk milk cell counts are, you know, have improved significantly since 2005. But where there continues to be sort of even more penalties um, for farmers um, and financial penalties is in backdoes and thermos. So we, this is the first time that we've sort of started to build some awareness around that plant wash as it relates to you know, an, a really important part of, of milk quality, different from bulk milk cell count, which is generated by the cow and the white cells that that cow produces. We're talking about bacteria that enter the, the milk and, the, and the, the equipment. So we've brought that in as well. Um, there's, there's more on antibiotic management. Um, uh, I think it, it's always been really important, but there's, there's probably a heightened uh, sensitivity towards antibiotics um, your know, use and and of course um, keeping keeping them as they always are out of out of um, uh, any chains further up from from the farm. The other thing that we did um, bring into this new uh, program is a, a more on safety, um, and we hope that by you know incorporating this, it, it provides another opportunity where we remind ourselves of the importance of you know taking um yeah taking steps to reduce risk we know that farms are, are risky places and um and when we put machines and cows and people together um we've we've got risk there so that's sort of some of the background as to why it was redeveloped um and the other one Kristen, that you've certainly uh, had a had a um a role in influencing is we made a decision to go onto farm to one of the, for one of the days. Now, whilst that's a little bit more challenging, um, we really acknowledge that people learn in different ways, and um, and and so that's been really good to pilot that and and start that with this this program. That's great. Thank you very much, Mark. You've obviously done a lot of work in the industry over time around milk quality investigations alongside facilitating a lot of our workshops. Can you explain what you think um, kind of are the, are the key ways for people to get the most out of our training program and in particular um, MMM? Yeah, so to, to optimise sort of the value of some of these programs, I think we will take a, a leaf out of Luke's uh, book in, in um, I, I think whilst 
you know, Luke said he, he, he went back to the Coco course, he's, he's done it a few times. Even though you've been exposed to it, actually showing up again with more junior staff is fantastic. I think more and more if we have shared learning where our teams are getting larger, that's, that's, that's you know, certainly the case, isn't it? So as our teams get larger, we need to work hard to do things consistently for the cow's experience. And um, where if if only one person um, attends the the course from a business, it can kind of get lost in translation when they go back, and maybe they're not given a a good hearing. Perhaps when they go back, if there's only one of them, um, so I think more than one person from a business, when one of those people that attend a Coco or an MMM um, is a decision maker, it in my experience leads to more change on farms so where where they've heard the same discussions um uh, it just makes easy it makes it easier for for change um and improvements and tweaks to to happen um and a, a big enabler of change and i think the people that we've got the farmers with us today we we still need owners and managers to be open-minded um open for the opportunity for oh where's the next where's the next tweak so that openness to learning is an enabler again of actually getting the most out of these programs. Um, so an example is you know well let's let's talk about you know stock movement and things like that. So it, it may have been done in a particular way, but you know through group work and facilitation, um, are there other ways that we could try things? So I think there's some of the the key things: shared learning, and if if owners can't make it to the the program that they create space and time after their junior staff have been to a course to say, let's have a coffee and go through what you've been through. Let, let's see where the opportunities are. I think that that improves the value of, of the programs, whatever, effluent management or pasture management, whatever. If you can just create a bit of space for those juniors to have a, have a say and be open to, to change, I think that's a you know really valuable for business improvement. Yeah, so um, Kristen, you've uh, helped uh, immensely with the the MMM program um, since it started and piloting it. Um, what have you what what have your observations been um, with the change between Coco and the the new milking and mastitis management program? Thanks, Mark. I think. Like that, the main key difference, obviously, as you mentioned, is having day two on farm now, which um, does prove to have some challenges at times. But I think you can't, um, I guess, remove that experience that you you get from being on farm compared to sitting in a classroom. And if we we kind of look at the dynamics of a cocoa course and how that has changed over time. We're getting a lot of participants that are coming from backgrounds where they haven't had a strong educational backing um, and often struggle to sit through a program that's two days long um, in a classroom full of bookwork and, and listening to someone present. So I think having that, that uh, opportunity to be on farm and be practical with the cows and actually visually see and practice some of the components of the course that we're discussing is has been pretty vital um, 
to the redevelopment and I think is providing a really great space for people to be able to to learn in a bit of a different environment and not be so rigid in like typical learning styles I think um, has been really fantastic. Thanks Kristen yeah and my observations have been similar um, it's it's a little bit harder and, and um, of course there's risk that we need to manage in terms of um, safety when we jump onto a farm and um, uh, and and uh, interact with cows but um, great to see different people come to the fore in those sort of on-farm days um, that we that we have as day two of the, the program. Um, Darren, you and Tracy um, have a lot of experience in the dairy industry um, and, and milking cows. Um, you were very generous in being a host farm for the first pilot up in um, in Beaker Valley uh, with your farm at Candelo. Um, in terms of you know the the experience with the the program that you hosted on your farm, how how did you find that? Um, despite all your experience, um, yeah, how, how did you how did you find that? Well, I find that like to to carry on from something Luke said about staff being comfortable and able to do things. I think um, staff need to out of these courses need to understand what they're doing. Like they've got to learn it because if you don't understand what you're learning you can't actually um, partake in, in, in effectively putting that into practice. So by bringing them from the classroom to the farm and then, and then seeing them make the links and learn what they're doing, I found that was very good. Um, and um, you said with the, with the people coming to, uh, multiple people from the farm coming to the course, I found that that's good because... Um, some of them will say, oh, this is what I heard, but then you can explain to them what things meant because they don't always interpret it correctly and that can be very helpful, I found. Thanks very much, Darren. And, yeah, so did you have, um, you had staff that attended that uh, as well? Um, were, there, were there any things that, you know, in um, that you decided to change as a result of the the program um there's definitely things we decided to change and um well not so much change step up um cleanliness and things like that um and like i say the, the understanding of why we do things from the staff they were more willing to participate in these steps knowing why we're doing it and what we're trying to achieve and um you know, the fact that you're producing your food because it's not a clean environment to produce food in, but you've got to keep everything clean and make things that way. Thanks very much, Darren. Yeah, it's in a way um, it's the program sort of, uh, yeah, it's a lot It's a lot about the why and, and the how. So the, the, the um, as you said, Darren, the understanding the why makes it a, a lot easier for you guys to converse in amongst yourselves with with those improvements. Um, Joel, um, you were also um, at short notice. You, you came to a, a program that we ran in South Gippsland, again piloting the milking and mastitis management course. Um, 
what were your observations um, about the MMM program on farm? And um, yeah, firstly, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I was very encouraged to see the um, MMM bringing uh, the learning back onto farm. I think original original uh, iterations of the COCO course um, had an on farm element, and because of the difficulties, it was decided to take it into the classroom. But but the benefits of being out in that environment, um, I I thought were were fantastic. And although it is a very dynamic. Uh, space with there's there's trucks coming and there's cows that are being prep tested in the background. I think when we were uh, doing it and and other things going on distractions, but the um, to be the the participants were a lot were very comfortable being in in their own environment. That's the shed there and one particular lady from that course, a uh, highly valued staff member, she um, saw me the next time I visited the farm said how wonderful it was and how much she'd learned. She said she'd left school at the age of 15 and she was not particularly um, literate at all and she struggled in that space. But um, her um, intelligence was um, undoubted and to be able to learn uh, the way in her, where she was comfortable was fantastic and she got a, an awful lot out of that uh, there. And, and I suppose, and the other, the other thing from my perspective as a, um, a field officer for a dairy company is with the, it's the, all of the aspects of milk quality that we're concerned with as well. And the bulk milk cell count is very major, but as Mark said, there's, um, the thermos, bactose, and also the, the residue management, antibiotic residue management is a, is a very important aspect. And all those being brought into, into the course um, there has been fantastic and it makes conversations when you when a farmer has a problem and we're out to visit if they've been um, on a cups on course a milky mastitis management course the conversation that you can have is much higher value because they have an understanding a comprehension of what's going on and it's all about the the hygiene uh, coming together really and uh, to produce that high quality food um and yeah so that's um yeah it was very pleasing to see uh it back into that environment I think, from my point of view thanks thanks joel so um so so do you think it makes your job easier absolutely it does when you uh when you trying to have a conversation with um, someone um particularly about the bulk milk cell count and uh, when they have no concept of what what even causes cell count um the conversation it's got to start from a low base it takes a long time and it's quite often when they have a problem so they're a little bit agitated because that can uh, amount to being a um, a financial problem because we're in the position of being the um, advisor but also the penalizer sometimes when it comes to more quality discounts so um the more knowledge they have the easier the conversations are to to go to the problem rather than spending a lot of time trying to just teach the basics and so that people a lot of people don't even understand the difference between a cell count and a, and a back to scan they have no concept of where they're coming from so when they understand those base that sort of basic it makes the job my job an awful lot easier uh, thanks very much, Joel. Um, Tracy, uh, did you want to add anything to the conversation about your experience with the milking, mastitis, milking and mastitis management program? 
Um, I'm Tracy Wallace. I'm a dairy farmer from Candelo, and I've um, done the countdown milking quality, milking mastitis quality program, as well as being a TAFE teacher at Vega. Well, I've delivered the two units alongside Jane up here in the last month, and the difference with the um, with the people coming along in the dairy, like once we get them out of the classroom and back into where they're comfortable, um, being in a dairy situation is amazing. Like, you know, they're talking, they're talking to each other more, they're asking more questions um, just because they feel more comfortable in the dairy rather than sitting at the pub or in the room with a book in, and, a, and a bunch of slides in front of them. Thanks very much, Tracy. Uh, finally, Mark, I would like to get your thoughts on the importance of milk quality in a dairy business. Yeah, so I suppose uh, I think um, with, with milk quality, it, it's it's one of the things that we can we know a lot about in terms of um, you know how to control it, uh, both with respect to bulk milk cell count and backdose and thermos. So, you know, if you sort of think about, you know, there's a lot of things that we can't control and um, certainly at the moment uh, it's all on the top of our minds in terms of rainfall and things like that and um, the external environment. But there's a whole bunch of things that we can control. And um, one of those things is really uh, developing consistent milking routines. We can see that as farms get bigger, we've got different different characters um, milking cows and we've got to strive to have a consistent environment for the cows um, so that um, they can give freely of their milk and um, and we can keep keep cows um, uh, you know um, uh, healthy and uh, without mastitis so in terms of I mean th there's so much that goes into a dairy business and milk quality is just one aspect of that of actually getting the the um, the optimum returns, I suppose, and it's terrific to see and hear from people like James and Luke today that have uh, have made a step change through doing the basics. We heard about hygiene. We heard about um, tracking sort of subclinical cows from season to season. We talked about improving the oversight with their with their treatments. This is not, you know. Um, you know, just doing the basics really, really well, and it's a real credit to them that they, now they can um, have other reasons for culling cows apart from you know that they've that they've got mastitis. So, I think it's a it's a it's a small part to of of the dairy business, but one that you can control with some kind of discipline and and consistency. Thanks, Mark. To finish up today, I'd really like to thank you all for your time and for shedding some light on your milk quality journeys, along with the experiences that you've had through the new Milking and Mastitis Management Program. This program is now available, so if you or your staff would like to attend, please get in contact with your local Dairy Australia regional team for further information and to express your interest. If you would like to find out more about mastitis management to improve milk quality and the Milking and Mastitis Management Program at Dairy Australia, you can contact your local regional office or visit www.dairyaustralia.com.au forward slash mastitis. 
We hope you have enjoyed this podcast and remember there are plenty more on a broad range of dairy industry topics covered in the Dairy Pod program. So don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcasting platform. If you have any questions or ideas for future podcast episodes, please get in touch with us by emailing dairypod at dairyaustralia.com.au. Thanks very much for listening and bye for now.